God knew that he created Moses to rescue people. Moses didn't know how to function in that without God. Moses was never a murderer. He was a rescuer all along, but he needed God to lead him in how to rescue the people. The enemy can only present us with a counterfeit calling until we ask God to show us and God reveals to us his original calling and plan on our life. Welcome to the Taking the Leaps podcast with me, your host, fellow leaper and coach, Rachel G. Scott. This podcast inspires you to take bold leaps of faith, but you won't be doing it alone. As we journey together through the fishermen, shepherds, builder, tent maker, and trailblazer leaps, my hope is that you will see how God is with you every step of the way and begin to confidently trust him as he leads you into your next leap. It's time to live a leaping lifestyle. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, family. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Today is kind of part two to the last solo episode I share because I kept feeling like I wanted to talk about what I refer to as a counterfeit calling. Now, I want to be upfront. This is another episode that isn't easy for me to share because it convicted me first. And I know that it will prick the heart of those who need to hear it, but it will also bring about transformation, change, and encouragement. So I'm excited to share this with you, even though it's not the easiest topic to talk about. One of the statements I said in that previous episode was, we have to be careful of bearing fruit that isn't what God created us to bear and then expecting his anointing to be on it. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. We have to be careful of bearing fruit that isn't what God created us to bear and then expecting his anointing to be on it. That thought has been coming up in my mind since I said it. And so I decided to lean into what God was wanting to reveal. And that's how um, this idea of a counterfeit calling came about. So let me share what the word counterfeit actually means. It's an exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intention to deceive or defraud a fraudulent imitation of something else, a forgery. Okay, y'all, <laughs> told you it was going to be a little bit heavy today. The enemy is so cunning in how he presents counterfeits to us. One of the ways is to present us with the world's version of a gift given to us by God. To present us with the world's version of a gift that's given to us by God. And when we see those gifts from worldly lenses, we function in it as the world intends, and we don't need God's instructions on how to do it because we follow the way the world shows us. It's just that simple. We don't need him to tell us how to do it because the world already has a system, has a format, has instructions on how to do it when we tack on the world's titles. Listen, y'all, it's a slippery slope and a thin line that we will be walking on between God's will and being out of his will, all right? So it's it's such a thin line between being in his will and out of his will when we do that. So I want to share a couple of scriptures with you today. We're going to be reading through our word today, if that's all right. We're going to start with Ephesians 4, verse 7, and then we're going to read 11 through 13. Starting with verse 7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Now let's jump down to 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standards of Christ. I'm reading the NLT version. I believe that more people are called to these five areas of the church than are actually functioning in them because we fall into the trap of the world's application of these gifts and the promised return on investment that it can give us if we operate the way the world tells us to do it. These are the gifts he gave to the church, but we are the church. So my belief is that he gave them to us. It's just that simple. And so many more of us should be functioning in it than we are. So let me teach you from my own lessons before I teach you from anybody else's, all right? (laughs) I always wanted to be a teacher. Actually, I wanted to be a professor. I still do. I still want to be a college professor. So I get this teaching job based on me having a degree, but because it was in career and technical, was at a high school level, I still had to take classes. So when it came time for me to take these classes, I really started to battle within myself. And this is what I was supposed to be doing. I knew it's what I wanted to do, but was this what I was supposed to be doing? My desire to teach was not at all in question. Like I knew I had a desire to teach, but the way that I was going about fulfilling the desire was. So I realized now, looking back, that that moment where I felt like I was supposed to teach, what I should have done was to seek the Lord and ask him, How do you want me to move forward with this? Like, how do you want me? What do you want me to do? But my first response was to go into the world system of, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to be a teacher. So that means I'm supposed to be a teacher in a classroom. And I'm not saying this for anyone that's in a classroom. I do believe that those those gifts can be used. My mindset had to shift. And how I was responding when I began to see and recognize these desires that truly lined up with the word, but I didn't know it because I wasn't paying attention. So now I want to take you to someone in the Bible. I think about the story of Moses in the book of Exodus. And Moses was called to be a rescuer, like we see that. But instead, he was a murderer. So Moses was born during the time when Pharaoh had issued an order that all the Hebrew boys had to be killed and thrown into the Nile. His mother hid him for three months. And when she couldn't hide him anymore, she put him on the bank of the river to float along the Nile River. And along that journey, his older sister was watching to see what happened to him. And so Pharaoh's daughter went out to bathe. And when she went out to bathe, she heard a baby crying and it was Moses. So she started to feel sorry for Moses. And Moses' sister ran up and said, hey, Should I find a Hebrew woman to nurse him for you? So she didn't even wait. She's like, let me, oh my goodness, Pharaoh has, Pharaoh has him. Okay, this is my chance. Should I find a Hebrew um, woman to nurse him for you? And she said, yes. And so now the mother is giving her baby back to nurse. And she nursed him until it was time to wean him. And then returned him to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's daughter adopted him. And so this is how Moses ends up as a prince in Egypt, okay? But something happens. Moses begins to realize that there's something going on with his people. So I want to take us to Exodus 2, verses 11 through 12. And this is what it says. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. 
after looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. So after he does this, Pharaoh finds out. And so now Moses has to flee and run away. Why did he do that? Why did Moses kill a fellow Egyptian? Because he didn't realize that the desire God placed in him to bring justice to people who were mistreated was to be used with God and for God. So he did it the way he knew to do it, guided by the world's way of doing things. Do you see what I'm saying here? Moses did what he knew to do, guided by the world's way of doing things, but yet God placed that desire within him for justice and for people to be treated right. So now let's jump down to verses 16 and 17. Now Moses has fled and he comes to this place and he notices something else that's an injustice that's happening. And so this is what it says. Now the priests of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flock. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flocks. Again, Moses' desire to rescue people is there. But without God, he did it the world's way. So now he's getting rid of these people, <laughs> these other shepherds, and who knows what he did. He just got through killing a man, right? So what did he do to these shepherds to chase them off? He, he chased off shepherds with an S and he was one person. So we could imagine what he did, but he was trying to rescue. We see this desire for him to use that gift that he had to rescue people. But he's using it the world's way instead of God's way. But look at what happens in verse, um, in chapter three, verse seven through eight. Then the Lord told Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. And it continues on to talk about the land of milk and honey. What is the key word that God says there? He says, I have come to rescue. And later on down, we see him say, I'm sending you. Hey there, family, listen, there is something very important that I need to share with you all. God has called you to do something and he led you here because he wants you to confidently obey him and take leaps. I wrote a book specifically for you called Taking the Five Leaps. So you know you're not alone in this journey. It's time for you to confidently obey God and take bold leaps of faith. And this book is going to help you do just that. You don't just get the book, but you also will get immediate access to chapter one. You get the Taking the Leaps Quick Guide, the Five Leaps Power Pack, which is loaded. And then this is my favorite part that I'm super excited about. You will get full access to the upcoming Leaping Launchpad Audio and Video Summit, which is only available for free to those who pre-order the book. So here's what I need you to do. Go to takingthefiveleaps.com and follow the three steps so that you can get access to everything. So listen, y'all, it's a leap year this year. Why not make it one for the book? The link will be in the show notes. I can't wait to see you at the summit. God knew that he created Moses to rescue people. Moses didn't know how to function in that without God. Moses was never a murderer. He was a rescuer all along, but he needed God to lead him in how to rescue the people. The enemy 
can only present us with a counterfeit calling until we ask God to show us and God reveals to us his original calling and plan on our life. We have a part to play in it. So when God revealed himself to Moses, now Moses was aware of the calling that was on his life to rescue the people. So I want to get really practical in ways that I noticed a counterfeit calling in my life and in others' life. And I've noticed and seen it and recognized it um, now looking back with the awareness that I have, right? So here are five signs of a counterfeit calling. The first one is when I'm more excited about what I want to do than what God wants me to do. When I'm more excited about what I want to do, like, oh, I want to, just like I said about being a Bible teacher, oh, I'm excited about being a speaker. But when God said be a Bible teacher, I'm like, oh, okay, God, how am I going to do that? Um, I don't know. Are you talking to the right Rachel? There's a lot of Rachels in the world. There was even one in the Bible. Are you talking to me? Right? I'm just, I, I'm not excited. And this is, there's something else that God has been revealing to me. And I, I'm, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, when I'm more excited about what I want to do than what God wants me to do, that's a counterfeit. And I'm not saying that there's not going to be joy at some point, but I don't want to be more excited about what I want to do. The second one, when it's something I can do or create without God. I think about the people who they're um, at the Grammys and they have this just crazy music that they're creating that is not godly in any way, completely secular, not God honoring. And they go up there and they say, I thank God for this award. They didn't need God to create that. And I, as a matter of fact, people didn't have no parts in them getting that award. When it's something that I can do or create without God, they can do that and create that without him. It's a counterfeit. And along with that is this idea of when I count the cost, but I can manipulate the outcome. So I really don't have to operate in faith. That's still part of that because I can create this. I can count the cost. But realistically, I can manipulate the outcome if I just work a little bit harder. If I do a little bit more, I don't really have to operate in faith because it's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. It doesn't require me to have faith. It's, things will just come on its own. When counting the cost with a counterfeit, you can gauge the results. So. The sacrifice isn't really sacrificial, okay? It's, it's, it's not because you can gauge the results of it and you're like, I'm sacrificing this, I'm sacrificing that, but are you really? It's a sacrifice when you're doing it unto God. You will know that you're sacrificing, all right? So that was a longer number two, but essentially when it's something that I can do or create without God and when I can manipulate the outcome of it because I can do it and create it without God. Number three, when it comes easily without resistance. Yes, the Bible says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but everything shouldn't be easy. And there should be, there shouldn't be this idea that there's no resistance. There is still a burden there. There still should be a burden there. It's a burden because we know God's heart and we want to make sure that we honor him. We want to make sure that we are doing what he wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. If there is no burden there. And it's just like, oh, everything just came easy. And I don't feel the weight of it. And that's a problem. Like for me, in being a Bible teacher, I'm not feeling overwhelmed with it, but I do feel the burden and the weight of rightly dividing the word. That is what it is for me. Going up there and sharing it now, now, not before, now, now in the other episode, right? <laughs> but now the I realize that the weight that I feel, the yoke that I am feeling. And the burden I'm feeling that's light is I just want to make sure I rightly divide the word before I share it. And that's fair, you know? 
So again, that's number three, when it comes easily without resistance. Number four, conviction from the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is telling you, you are not supposed to be doing this, <laughs> that's it. You know it's a counterfeit. If he's telling you that you are supposed to be operating in this gifting, but not in this way, and you're feeling the conviction, not condemnation, not, oh my goodness, you're a terrible person. How could you? All these emotions, no, the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's saying, this is not it. I have something for you, but this is not it. It's the love of God. Then that is a sign that it's a counterfeit. And number five, when I look at both 1 Corinthians, which talks, I believe, about 12 gifts, and Ephesians, which is what we talked about, when I look at those where I see the Bible talking about the gifts, and I'm not, and I'm not, let me say not, operating in any of those in any area of my life, it's likely I'm functioning in some areas within a counterfeit calling. If I look at those things, those giftings, and there is no area of my life where I can see the evidence of me operating in those giftings, then there are some areas of my life where I am operating in a counterfeit calling. I need to start, I need to spend some time and figure out what my giftings are and how I'm supposed to use them to build up the body, to bring people to Christ. I should see these giftings in some area of my life, whether it be work, whether it be home, whether it be school, whether it be um, conversation that I'm having with um, fellow believers. I should see the evidence of these giftings in my life somewhere, somehow. And if I don't, then I'm operating in a counterfeit in some area. Okay? So I know you're wondering, okay, Rachel, you laid it out. You said all the things. What do I do now? Okay, so I'm going to share two things with you. The first one is I shared a quiz in the show notes that I believe is going to be very helpful for you in understanding the fivefold ministry, which is what those five gifts are referenced as in the church right now. Understanding those five gifts and seeing which one fits you. Now, I'm not an affiliate of this or anything. It's just a quiz that I believe is going to be very, very helpful for you. If you're like me, you're like, okay, I want to know, do I operate in any of these? And I want to know right now. There is like a $10 cost to it, but it's worth it. Um, you will, I believe it'll be very encouraging for you to know how to move forward. And the second thing is that the next guest on the podcast actually wrote a book about spiritual gifts. And I interviewed him months ago. And I love how God is leading the conversation of this podcast and the direction of the podcast in this season. Because I don't pre-plan this stuff. I just... Uh, feel led to have a topic and then God will say, oh, you got a guest for that. So I love how he is pairing what he's having me to talk about with guests that I have. So this guest wrote a book about spiritual gifts. He will be sharing all about spiritual gifts in that podcast episode. It's going to be a two-part episode. So make sure you, you tune in to that episode so that you can really get some clarity on spiritual gifts, on how it looks, on um, what it looks like in your everyday life. He talks about all the things, okay? It was like an hour-long episode that I got to snip down some, so I got to take a little bit of it out. But it, it was so good and so powerful. Um, and so I know it's going to bless you. All right? So I'm not leaving you hanging. I just want to prepare your hearts and your minds for what's to come. I want you to start thinking like, Lord, what area have I been operating in a counterfeit calling? And be open to Him revealing that to you. All right? Thank you for allowing me to just push you and encourage you and uh, grow with you as we continue to take these leaps that God is calling us to take. All right, family, until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining today's episode. I hope you were inspired by what you heard and you're even more encouraged to trust God with your next leap. Before you leave, 
Take a moment and think of your community. Who do you know that could benefit from the wisdom shared in this podcast? Now take it one step further and encourage them through text, DM, or a simple conversation by sharing this episode. Let's make sure others know they're not alone as they obey God and choose to live a leaping lifestyle. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, God can do more with your willingness than he could ever do with your worthiness.